and welcome to the show, my so-called fabulous. We are back with part two of Trauma and Healing with Liz Diane. Liz Nelson is in the studio with me. And if you haven't listened to last week's show, you must listen because we're carrying on our conversation. And we really wanted to get this in in 30 minutes. So we're carrying on our conversation and uh, we're talking about trauma because so many of you have it and you have expressed this to me and you know what? I'm here to help. I'm just here to help. And this fabulous woman, Liz Nelson, is here to help too. So welcome back. Thank you so much. You're back. You're <laughs> back. back. So we let me let's just pick up where we left off. We were talking about trauma, and you had childhood trauma. Yes. You had some pretty well, very serious childhood trauma, and um, we'll just catch everyone up to speed. You were in a you were in foster care. Yes. From age. Uh, about age three to six, three formally to six. adopted at six. Three to six. We are going to talk about adoption in the month of November because that is... Adoption Aware Awareness Month. Yeah. So we are going to... We both have a lot of friends that have been adopted um, in, I, I, in many walks of life. So we can't wait to bring you that in season six. I can't believe I said season uh, six. So oh my exciting. gosh, I can't believe it. Oh my gosh. Anyway, because um, Liz was with me in the beginning in 2022 when we started. All right. So... I have shared with my audience multiple times because I can now about my trauma as an adult and um, I, I married someone I shouldn't have I don't know what I was searching for but I was searching for something but um, and boy did I find something I married a man and it was abusive it was um, emotionally physically mentally abusive murdered someone in prison and um, so what that happened in my early 20s. And so, Liz, my point is it took me for me to tell my child I suppressed this for years. I was scared to tell her that I had a first marriage before her father, obviously. And um, because you know how close Kennedy and I are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just Very I close. say it and I want to cry. I mean, I'm just what a beautiful soul. Um, but. She was 16 years old and her dad said, it's time you need to tell her. So um, I took her on a weekend. I really was just pulling out all the bells and whistles to tell her. And I was so nervous and she knew it. And I spent time and I cried, cried and told her that I had a marriage and there was someone before her and he beat me and he did all these things that I don't want to happen to her. And she just sat there and soaked it up as a 16 year old. And she's like, mom, I'm sorry that happened to you, but where are we going to dinner tonight? <laughs> and I, it changed my life. It changed my life and it gave me the freedom to speak because I didn't tell people. And my child gave me a new lace on life. And, um, it's just a beautiful thing. So now I talk about it all the freaking time, <laughs> you know, because you don't want your children to go through this. You don't yeah. want your friends. I don't want you to go through this. Anyone. Um, so did you, are you, you hear me? And when I told you earlier, your eyes were very large and you were like, whoa, that's, that's heavy. <laughs> um, let's talk about telling people mm -hmm. how difficult and when could, when did you finally when were you finally able to shed your past and your trauma with people that you love? I feel like this is like the big reveal right here. <laughs> today. <laughs> I mean, um, very publicly. Yeah. Today, which is 
a great thing, um, a gift in so many ways, but um, shared bits and pieces. You know, I, I had a friend very close to growing up who's also adopted a, a different adoption story, which is why we want to talk about that in November. There's so many stories. Um, you know, and bits and pieces with people kind of growing up, but I was, I was told not to talk about it. And so, um, again, we talked about this last week about carrying it around. Um, I, I shared most of my story with Reggie in the initial parts of our relationship, just because I really needed him to understand. And I was so fearful. Your husband, your husband, my Reggie. husband. Yes. yes. Uh -huh. Um, I was so fearful like you said, sort of, you know, with the acceptance part of sharing, but I needed him to understand this is me. So if you really are committing to me for a lifetime, this is kind of what comes with it. And I really hadn't done much of anything healing wise at that point. And I, I kind of just, I felt like a mess, but I wasn't quite at the mess I, you know, found mm -hmm. myself in, in in 2020 when everything just kind of came bubbling over. Um, but now I feel like it's so important to find the connection with people to maintain a sense of hope. And we talked about in 2020 how I I was dealing with so much pain that I just couldn't handle and it was affecting my relationships and the roles I was playing in the community. And, you know, releasing it, you know, the way that you did with Kennedy, mm -hmm. we we have this buildup because we've held on to it for so long and found ourselves settled in the shame of it all, um, that getting rid of it kind of felt like you're getting rid of a part of your identity that you found comfort in. And so it's very scary to open that up and to share it and then wonder if someone's going to say, oh, yeah, that's a bit much. So I'm I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to slowly ghost her or, you know, like <laughs> sure. warn people about her or, you know, will this affect my reputation in some way? But what I found with sharing little bits on even social media is that people that I don't even know make a connection and, and say, this is my story. It's very similar. Or I have a, a story about trauma that I want to share with you and you're giving me new hope or courage to to go to therapy or you know to share this piece of myself with this person that I so care about but when it comes to your kids I don't know when I'm going to feel ready for that mm -hmm. and so you telling me it took until Kennedy was 16 yes there's a lot of developmental and you know psycho-emotional considerations with our children that I deeply care about and I'm very aware of as you know, a former pediatric nurse. Um, so I'm not sure how I'll do that and, and the path that I'll take. I think timing will, again, I, I trust timing and I have strong faith and I think I'll be guided when, when the time comes. But I have great support with Reggie, my husband, and he helps guide me and, and he's just so wonderful and has really been truly graceful with me and working through the process the way that I needed to. He's he's why I have my angel as a tattoo on my wrist here. Can he, you show that in the camera uh, so we can see that right there? Yes. And if you're on, if you could see this on YouTube, you can see her beautiful tattoo, um, my he's, angel. He's my angel. He's oh. he's just, he, he showed me what unconditional love was and that no, I won't abandon you. I'm, I'm here for all of you. And I want everyone to experience something mm -hmm. like that, even if it's it, just as a friendship, mm -hmm. you know, not, not even a romantic relationship. Absolutely. You know, um, 
I, Greg, Greg has had different types of issues in his life, and um, I, he, he doesn't really understand what I went through. Greg is one of those, is brush it off and let's get going, you know? And, yeah. um, so that's difficult. But through therapy, I've learned that people are different, mm -hmm. and that's how he handles it. He loves me unconditionally. I told him when, on our first date what happened to me, oh, wow. and he's like, "Well, I can top that," you know. I mean, he, I mean, he just made a <laughs> funny joke out of it, Aww. and and that's how people. Some people handle humor. There's some people, I tell you, may tell that just can't cannot absorb, and that's okay too. Absolutely, that is yeah. certainly okay. You know, um, you said the word insecurity, and uh, I. From time to time, you know, with the business you and I are in, it's comparison is the thief of joy mm -hmm. and it's tough. But with the trauma, it peaks its nasty head for me when I'm comparing mm -hmm. and I just get in this 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 wind, this this wind tunnel of, you know, I, I just I can't do this. It, but it's my it's my trauma that's mm -hmm. making me feel I, I know it is, it's feeding this insecurity. But my daughter will tell me, Mom Maybe you should go get a tune-up. Maybe you need to see your therapist or something. Aww. And that's true because it never goes away. I mean, it, it doesn't. just doesn't go away. And, you know, you need people in your life like that. They go, you know, it's you need a tune-up and you're not getting mad about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. oh, okay, great. I'm fine. But, you know, that insecurity <laughs> is true. So, so let's talk about children since we were on that. You're three beautiful children, mm -hmm. um, two boys and a girl. No, sorry, two, two girls, girls and a boy. Yes. <laughs> um, I, my brain's jumping ahead. <laughs> two girls and a boy. And um, how does this trauma affect you finding childcare, uh, school systems, mm. being around friends? Tell us because people are are people are dealing with this. Yeah, you know. I think that's one of the biggest things so many people don't understand. It's been difficult for me to communicate and I often don't share my why about it. Um, it is extremely difficult to be a parent and especially one that is so mindful of all the aspects of development. I, maybe I am overboard when it comes to their safety and protection and letting go because of my childhood trauma and abuse that I experienced, I am just so fearful of something happening to them. And, you know, we have to consider, I worked in a pediatric ER as well. And so not just oh. the, the emotional and experiential things I've been through, but I also see or have seen physical traumas happening. And so much of what I saw in a pediatric ER was child abuse. You know, it just hit home for me. Reggie's a, a firefighter paramedic, and so he's a first responder and he sees things. So safety has been major for me as a mother. Um, I, I don't allow my children to have sleepovers at other places except for my in-laws. That's just something I haven't been able to let go of. I don't know if that's something I'm ever going to be fully trusting of. Um, there's a sense of control there that at this point, I feel like I have a right to. Um, sure you do. Especially with, with all the safety concerns that are happening now with uh, school safety and and just walking the street and and so much that we have to to deal with and prepare for and be an expectation of here in texas um i i, I try so hard to to be adaptable and to have open communication with my children and i want them to always feel safe and not hinder their development um 
but I don't know if I'll, I'll ever fully know that I'm doing a good job until they're old enough to tell me, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you can speak on that. Kudos to you because the way that Kennedy works with you, communicates with you, loves on you, just, just how you said she did, maybe go see a therapist or, you know, get your tune up because she can identify that in her mama. And I feel like that reflects in her life as well. She probably does the same thing with herself. So that just speaks so much on on how you have raised her and i hope to be the same and to learn that again one day well i have had a lot of judgment in my life from friends some of you that are listening Mm -hmm. you're too much of a helicopter mom Mm -hmm. you and i was i was constantly (laughs) there we couldn't track at the time but now we can track and i still track her yes (laughs) yes i mean but but seriously i i was and i have to say y'all I'm very proud of it because she's proud of it. Um, Yes, I was very nervous about her being around young men, Mm -hmm. boys. Mm -hmm. I just was. I just was so afraid. And I still am. She's 24 years old next week. I mean, you know what I mean? So it never goes away. So I don't apologize for being a helicopter mother. And mm-hmm. is that even a term anymore? Is I it? think they do. I mean, some people still use it. <laughs> well, I've used it. You know how old I am. I'm 58 years old. My God. <laughs> I mean, it may be a passe, but I do. I I did. And I'm. I, she's who she is. Um, I, her dad put up with me doing that. And, you know, just... But and I'm friends with every I'm mother to the people for the love. You know, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that my dad tells me, Tiff... I'll never stop worrying about you. Mm-hmm. He's late seventies, yeah, and and um, so I don't think that goes away with or without trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's a good. I think what you're doing, you know, it just becomes when I was very nervous about her going somewhere, and then there was a time in the teen years where she's like, "Why can't you just, you know?" I know, and so there was that, and I had, to, and then new, you know, we become a new person at that time, right? And we have to, we have. How do I say this? We don't put ourselves on hold because I think mothers do that too much or on the back burner. Oh yeah. But I had to kind of go, okay, let's let's always know who your friends are, always know who their friends are and their parents. And mm-hmm. you know, you just you have to be protective. You do. I'm I'm just I'm sorry. It's I'm true. And and trying to figure that out, like even comparing to how parents communicated when I was growing up to now, I feel like and it could just be the community that we're in right now, the age of the kids that we have. I feel like parents are a lot more lax and I'm like, oops, mm. like maybe I, I seem overboard. You know, I've, I've asked Taryn, you know, kind of, well, what do your friends think of this or how are, how are their parents that way? And you, you have to gauge what's going on because that's how your own children create their own expectations of their social life. And then, you know, put in, well, these are my expectations that I'm not willing to change. And it's about safety. And, and like you said, I'm unapologetic about it. Um, and I think that's okay, but goodness, the, the learning curve of parenthood is, woo, like it's just ongoing, never ending, always learning. <laughs> they didn't give us handbook. No. And they still don't give handbooks, Not do that they? I'm aware of. <laughs> if there is, just send them to us. <laughs> How old is Taryn? Taryn's 11. 11. Okay. And that's like preteen. Preteen. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, you said it in last week's show. This generation, I'm so proud of this generation. Mm-hmm. 
But um, I saw a meme last week or something, and it said something about in the 80s, we just dropped them off and didn't even think about right. it. I mean, we were gone all day long, and you go home for lunch or whatever, or right. make dinner. Or when the streetlights come on, yes. be in the house. Liz, this is so funny. Kennedy, when she was probably, you know, oh gosh, nine, eight or nine, and I told her, I said, go outside and play. Go play. <laughs> I was such a helicopter. I didn't want her going outside. Somebody was going to nab her on the street. Right. I said, go outside and play. And she goes, I didn't do anything. Why are you punishing me? I went, wait. Okay. I knew then I had to rein it in. <laughs> she oh. thought she was in trouble because I was going to send her outside and play. Oh, so, goodness. you know, I had to because, but there was those triggers. And you did mention in the last show triggers mm -hmm. and you have them right oh yeah i think I, and being aware of the triggers is a super powerful thing to have so if that's one of the first things you can start identifying what is triggering me and why this you know this made me feel judged or you know this hit on abuse that i've had in the past it made me feel powerless etc if you can identify those start writing them down and then finding a way like stacy danford talks to us about rewiring your brain and your brain patterns you can change that fear-based mindset into something that's more productive and part of that is letting go um i as, as a mom you have to figure out how to let go along the way or you're going to be stuck and stressed and lose so many minutes of your life just worried mm -hmm. and that's i mean that's been like a theme of my life is worry 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 more um being so hyper aware of how to stay safe and protected and now i have three kids to do that as well so it's like four people that i'm trying to do that for and it is beyond exhausting. So identifying your triggers is one of the first thing. And then really having a true understanding that this is a lifetime commitment of work, the healing that you're doing. Give yourself breaks, celebrate the milestones along the way. I love to celebrate. This is part of why I you know, started <laughs> yes. a business and events and a promotion. I love to celebrate every little bit because we go through so much and experience so much. And when you're committed to growth mm -hmm. and loving yourself to help love others and carry on light, that it's truly world-changing and it's life-changing for more than just yourself. You are in therapy and different types of therapy. Mm -hmm. I do have some friends with some severe trauma that have turned to medication, pharma, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Because I've done that. I have done that. And it was last show you talked about being having a cloud over your head. And mm -hmm. some of the times when I was medicated, the cloud was there. And I'm like, I need to see the sunshine. Mm -hmm. And the medication for me personally was masking. It was a Band-Aid. You mentioned it earlier. Yeah. It was a Band-Aid. What are your thoughts on that? And I know you, you've you done EMDR and different types of th therapy mm -hmm. because you do have P PTSD. Yes. Um, you know, this has kind of been a journey of learning as well with treatment. And I, I've tried different things as well. I've tried antidepressants. I've been on Xanax different times of my life. And just personally, I, I don't want anything that I have to take daily that um, could be adding other side effects. Just like you said, having a brain fog or creating something else, especially as women, when when balance is so important, especially with our hormones and mm. our thyroids and just all the things. There's so many environmental factors that I'm learning about. So trying pharmaceuticals, doing talk therapy, 
working with a trauma therapist specifically with EMDR. I tried medical marijuana for mm -hmm. a little bit as well. Those to me were temporary things to help me work through the particular part of therapy I was in. So the re-exposure therapy for me was extremely difficult. So I used things to support myself so that I was able to figure out how to naturally with my own body, self-calm, self-soothe, breathe, ground through things and then get off. So I was not dependent on other things. Now I am kind of working with functional medicine. I work with the healthology nurse, Ashley Watson, and I'm loving this because it goes to root causes of so many things. In December, I had a stroke scare. Yes. And gosh, it, you know, it, there, I have talked to so many doctors about this and I'm still, you know, doing follow-ups. I have an appointment after this mm -hmm. episode and um, it's it's been a whole journey, which you and Greg understand. We've mm -hmm. talked about how stressful it is advocating for yourself in the medical system. Um, but what what started that was hormone imbalance. And then I had an ischemia in mm -hmm. my artery, my carotid, that caused numbing to the whole left side of my face, my arm. Uh, I wasn't able to speak appropriately. It was super, super scary. And so that was eye opening for me because I was completely out of control. I was completely, you know, I was just so scared. It was completely scary for me and Reggie, my husband, who was there with me in the ER. And uh, I knew I needed to take more control of my health and I didn't want to, I wanted to just progress physically and mentally. And so I am working with functional medicine and my physical therapist, Nikki Burner, and figuring out how to be very in tune with my body to figure out what exactly I need. Is that scaling back? Is that quieting and, you know, intentionally isolating myself for a couple of days so I can regroup, find pause, uh, don't fall back into my previous, you know, the band-aid, mm -hmm. uh, short-term coping. And that helps me to strengthen, not just physically, not just finding my balance in my lab work, et cetera, to keep me safe, but also to build my emotional endurance to move forward in a growth pattern that I'm really um, strongly dependent on in, in healing myself and becoming a better wife and mother. Right. Do you think that stress and your your where your brain was going in this process of healing had anything to do with your health scare this was something that one of the professionals did suggest to me and you know when we were working on notes for this i wanted to bring it up because there is so much light being brought on trauma healing and recovery and how it's truly a valid thing and it causes very intense physical and, and lifelong detriment to the body um gut health and and things that happen that you may think is related to to something physically in your body um imbalance or organ dysfunction um it could be something as simple as you know for example thyroid being off or you not getting enough magnesium or whatever the case may be and being able to understand that instead of patching it is something that i think people should learn and explore and uh so you know i don't know i i really feel like because of the timing of using a hormone patch that i was prescribed that that's what happened but it could be a combination of, of so many things you sure. know I, I was dealing with so much inflammation that past year waking up just crazy swollen and super red and 
I never had my cortisol levels specifically checked during that time, but I'm sure they were just crazy high. And, and since then, working on my intake and being very aware of my labs um, and giving myself grace and breaks the way that I should be, and giving my per myself permission to do that was major. Sure. Um, that's That's really been life-changing for me, not just in how I see myself on the outside, like, okay, I'm starting to look a lot healthier, but also feeling it inside and being proud of myself for identifying where and when I need to take pause. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing what stress, any type of stress um, does to your body. I mean, it's I'm, so true. You know, I'm, I'm certainly experiencing, I talk about it all the time. Yes. So let's reach out to those listeners and followers and viewers right now that are watching this or listening. What advice would you give to these women and men that are going through some type of trauma and may not be yours and I look, mine and yours looks very different. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to these people? I think definitely what's been powerful for me is looking in the mirror, taking pause and telling yourself, I want to honor your feelings and respect your body's health. Life is a gift and everyone that's here is meant to be here and has beautiful moments to be shared with people. And everyone has the right to feel respected and seen, heard, and to feel whole. So looking at yourself in the mirror and saying that and making the decision today, I'm gonna find bits and pieces of courage and slowly start working on this as I move forward. The next thing that you have to truly commit to is the lifelong journey. It is something that you have to do daily. Some days, you know, like working out, it may not be the day you're not feeling as good, don't have the energy, your schedule is just busy. We do have daily responsibilities. It's just the reality of things. But committing to that is the next step. After that, finding support. So you wanna analyze who is actually depositing to your energy and who is withdrawing from it and figuring out how to, to space that out and focusing more on who is depositing and finding that support. And there, there are ways and there are places out there that if you just don't have the money, you can't afford, you know, $100, $300 therapy sessions every week. There are places out there that can help and, and we can share those as well as we move forward. But that's it's super important and it's truly vital for everyone to actually have the support because I don't think that anyone can do this alone. And if you can, I would love those pointers. Can y'all let us know, <laughs> <If> please? <laughs> please share with us. Yeah. I and, know. And then just respecting, respecting your feelings, understanding they're not facts and celebrating your milestones along the way, celebrating taking pause, celebrate identifying your triggers and saying, okay, I need to step back from this, celebrating when you do see dramatic growth. All of those are things to celebrate and be so proud of yourself for. And I'm going to add to that, love yourself. Find a way to fall in love with yourself because I didn't like myself and didn't mm -hmm. love myself until mm -hmm. yesterday. Just kidding. Like, no, okay, no. well, there's hope. There's hope moving forward. No, no, seriously, it took a long time. You know who helped us is uh, helps myself in, is Stacey Danford. She Stacey. didn't really like focus on me. She was just talking the word, speaking the word. And I, I tell her all the time, you're going to change the world, and oh. I'm, I'm here to support that. Yeah. <laughs> just like you. 
congratulations on speaking and sharing your story on a very, very public platform. Thank you. I'm honored to have you. I'm honored to have you as a friend. And um, we got this, girl. Yay. You Thank know you that. so much for letting me share. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell us how we can find you because I want people and now you invite people to direct message you, yes. reach out and let's talk, right? Yes. How can we find you? I would love to connect with you. You can find me on at FW Liz Diane. Feel free to send me a DM, comment on any posts that speak to you. Um, I'd love to, to share stories or just listen and get to know you a little bit better. Right. And she's coming back in season six in the fall in November to talk about adoption with so many of our friends and everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you uh, certainly got something out of this or you can share with someone that you love and care about. And uh, y'all follow along all our platforms and everyone keep being fabulous. <laughs>